Good afternoon and welcome to today's podcast brought to you by Equine Devils Advocate. And yes, we are speeding through the week, uh, so welcome to Follow Up Friday or Friday Follow Up, whichever you prefer. Um, there is no sunshine today. It is a November grey day and at the moment uh, neighbour is quiet, although he did earlier on have a hammer. If you hear a scream or a yell, perhaps it's because he's whacked his thumb. Let's hope not. Um, A very warm welcome to those of you that have recently joined us and that are new. It's really good to have you on board. Now, follow-up Friday is where we look at the correspondence that you have sent and answered last week's question. Now, last week's question was very taxing and very difficult for it was does your horse love you or not and what was it that made you realize definitely food for thought and as ever many many thanks because we've had some great replies and of course yes there will be more of the story of Tutankhamun and what happened next so firstly Let's look at the responses to the question, does your horse love you or not? Quite a few of you actually went to Hot Stuff and said, no, I don't think so. Five of you then went on to say, but my cat does. Eight of you went on to say, but I know my dog does. And two of you, funnily enough, said, yes, but my bunny does. We do love a bunny. More of you actually went to Biscuit and said, yes, mine does. There is no doubt. But you didn't actually elaborate any further. And then there were those of you who did go into a bit more detail. So let's have a look at some that I have chosen to tell you about. Here's one from somebody that says, as my horse is rather a chunky boy, I'm forever being told to keep him in check and not to let him walk all over me. I often sit and wonder Does he walk all over me? And I have recently come to the understanding that no, we just have an understanding of each other, i.e. when he eats his dinner, he likes to eat with his stable door open so he can watch what's going on. I then wander off whilst he's eating and do odd jobs, returning when I know he's almost done to shut the door. When I first did this, others looked in and gasped in horror, What if he escapes and tramples us all? I reply, no, not whilst he's eating food. Anyway, amongst my ramblings, what I'm trying to say is others may see it as problematic relationship where my horse is the leader, but when I walk on the yard in the morning and I'm greeted by that chirpy whinny and that gorgeous face, others, I see, barely get any recognition And I just think to myself, I sure love him. And yes, it could possibly be the thought of his breakfast coming, but I think he loves me too. And here's another one along the same lines. I know my horse loves me because he always whinnies at me when I arrive. My friends say it's just because I'm bringing him food, but I don't think so. That's always the counter-argument, isn't it? It's not you. It's the food. Well, let's find out. And this is from somebody who obviously did an awful lot of soul-searching. Good on you. Well done. I believe we are capable of love, 
but that word is so very hard to quantify. We use it so flippantly. There is the love of a child, a husband, a garden, a hobby, even your job. But the difficult question, how much and how far would we, I, go for that love? Would I engage in financial difficulties? LOL, yes, that goes with the turf. Would I let him go, my horse? Well, LOL, yes, I definitely thought he would be better off without me at one point and offered him to another. Fortunately, they refused. So, I ask, is love judged by what we would do for another? If love is measured by how much time you would spend, then I would fail miserably. I cling to the hope that quality, not quantity, will prevail. Do I ever say I love him? No. I might if asked, and I would certainly defend him if derogatory remarks were made, and I am unbelievably proud of him. He is so beautiful and has immense presence and power. I can't remember telling anyone the word love when talking about him. Unfortunately, you are right. I am afraid to speak my emotions out aloud. And yes, I believe others would think me completely mad. Even worse, I think I would be sceptical of them. But I have seen people drooling over their horses and then refusing to feed them hay off the floor because it may mess up their beds with no concern over the fact that it may be so much better for their horses. So again, I come back to the question, what is love and how is it measured? And here's another. Does my horse love me? I like to think that my horse Oliver loves me. The way that he licks my face and kisses me. The way that he neighs when he hears my car and whinnies for me when I call him from the field. I think he does love me, as when he was really unwell, I didn't give up on him and pulled him through to recovery. He really is my perfect gentleman and has given me on many occasions a shoulder to cry on. And he tries his heart out for me. However, I think love from a horse needs building through trust and partnership as I don't believe it just happens because you own a horse. My new horse, Poppy, who I've had for three months, also whinnies at me and gallops up the field when I call her. But this is because I'm bringing her in and feeding her at night. Our partnership needs a lot of work before she loves me, but one day I will have a bond just like Oliver and I do. Thank you very much for that one. Now, this one, somebody actually went to the trouble of Googling the word love. How dedicated is that? She says, does my horse love me or not? What is the definition of love? I went to my computer to look it up and found one that grabbed my attention. The Greeks' seven definitions of love. Wow, there it was, one out of the seven. It was the one that explained how I feel about my horse's love for me. It is so hard to explain, but this gentle giant gives so much. One day, when I was completely heartbroken about something and was wandering across his field in tears, I felt him behind me. And when I stopped, I could feel his breath on my neck. We stood like this for a while, and then he wandered off. He was there for me at a time when I needed help, and he came and found me. 
Now, that's so interesting, that one, because actually I can completely identify because I had the exact same experience with a different horse and actually a most unlikely horse. She was four years old, full of herself, full of her own self-importance, extremely independent and very self-assured. Yet one day when, for whatever reason, I was sat in the field, bawling my eyes out, cross-legged, it was she that walked away from all the others and came and stood over me. She did exactly the same thing. She just breathed quietly, warm air, on my neck for I don't know how long, and then stopped and walked away. But I can tell you, people, that is the best hug ever and it made me realize that in her was this compassion that I'd never seen before in fact I will actually tell you more about her um, another time because she really is a truly very interesting character and so yes most definitely a very difficult broad question um, and one that perhaps is difficult to identify because, yeah, what is love and how does it reveal itself and how does it show itself? And so, let us continue with the story of the curse of Tutankhamun. So, I left you on Monday at the stage in the story where I had, for the first time in, oh, months, actually stayed on board with invaluable help that I had received from Angel and of course Saint Una I had found a way to work with movement shocking movement though it may be I now understood that different parts of my body needed to do different things my shoulders, my arms, my stomach, my back, my legs, my thighs. They all had to find balance. And in that balance, they had to go with the movement. Yes, hold myself firm inside, but not to fight against or tense up against that movement. But go with it on my demon galloping, bucking, beautiful pony. So... The million dollar question, did he ever do it again? Well, the answer, people, is no, he did not. Not once in the following four to five years that I had him did he gallop off bucking with such violence. However, he did have another trick up his sleeve. I can, of course, at this point, ask myself the question... Is it because he loves me now that he has stopped bucking? Well, actually, no, I don't think that was it. Have we bonded? No, actually, I don't think so. You see, I was at school during the day. He was at full livery. I didn't feed him. I didn't muck out his stable, rug him, catch him in from the field. I didn't groom him, save for the occasionally plushing up his mane and tail. That's just not the way things were then. Any chores that we did in the holidays or weekends were all the horses. It was collective. We did all the sweeping, 
all the tap cleaning, all the tidying, washing all the buckets, getting in all the horses, bathing all of the horses. There was no special me-hem time. Of course, he knew me, but was it love that created this transformation? No. At that point, being seven years old, I really actually didn't give it any more thought. It was done. Over. Anyway, what did it actually matter? Because I adored him. And we went on in our lessons. He was perfect. We started learning to jump. We did trotting poles. We did grids and cavalettis and all the good stalwart British pony club stuff. Mounted exercises round the world, bending down, touching our toes. No stirrups, no reins. And we did vaulting off the back, which was my favourite. We would lean all the way back so our heads were resting on our ponies' bottoms. Then we would lift our legs all the way up and over and past our heads and then flip ourselves backwards and land on our feet behind our ponies. He was a gem, a golden gem. All through that winter, we did so much together. And yes, we went out on hacks, up the lanes, along the roads, through the woods, no longer in a headlock and no longer with nose on boot. Did he love me now? Maybe. I don't know. Spring followed and then the longer evenings and I wanted to hack on my own. And so I did. Out of the yard we went, past the muck heap on the right of the concrete drive, left onto the track, through the open gate in the long high brick wall, around the outdoor school, at the end of which was a storm ditch. Down into it we rode and up the other side, and there we were on the sports field. Huge, beautiful, manicured grass made up of football pitches and a rugby pitch, all precisely marked out with fresh, crisp, white chalk lines. We were allowed to round, ride around the edge. Stay right of the white chalk line was always the last instruction when anyone left the yard with a hint of a pointy finger. And so there we were, through the storm ditch, turned left and widely right of the white chalk line. We went up the side of the sports field. Fabulous! We marched along. I was chatting away to him, watching his golden ear tips flicking back and forth in that fluffy white mane. We rounded the first corner. Right we turned, yet still very right of the white line. Passed the rugby goalpost to the next corner. And then right again. How wonderful life is. Evening sunshine, tweeting birds, and the sun beginning to warm the air again. And my perfect, perfect, beautiful pony. Oh, and red squirrels to my left in the trees. They stopped to watch us and then scampered away. And whoosh! Before I could say, oh look, I was halfway across the middle of the rugby pitch, heading straight for the storm ditch, gathering speed. Oh no! Now what? 
Oh, yes. Once again, the curse had reared its ugly head. My beautiful, perfect, golden gem of a pony was taking the direct shortcut, the direct route home. His little unshod hooves poking holes in the perfectly manicured sports pitch. Stop, you say. Try and turn, you say. I didn't even try. We had to get off the grass. Now, in full flight, with the storm ditch approaching, what to do? No time, no time to think. Whoosh! Down he went, into it. Up the other side he went, past the outdoor school. I recall other riders' heads swivelling on their necks like owls in shock as we flew past them. Whoosh! Right turn through the gate, back onto the track. Whoosh! Left turn onto the concrete drive. And now, down to a nice canter that became a trot. And just passing the muck heap, now a brisk walk. My mother was actually in conversation with somebody on the yard at the time. And they paused in their conversation and she said to me, That was quick. Back so soon. I dismounted, breathless and, yes, speechless, looked at my pony's face, his expression. And yes, he was most definitely smiling. He was happy. Did I think at that point he loved me? Well, what do you think? And so, a new theme, a new challenge, a new demon, and footprints in the sacred grass. But then, of course, followed the inevitable adult advice. Oh, you must not let him do that. You must take him right back out there, right now, and tell him off. Don't let him do that. You must stop him. Oh, okay, okay, I said. I climbed back on with resolve, new resolve. No, look, he must not do this. It's very naughty. I have to tell him. I need to stop him. I need to be, be firm, be in charge. And so, marching back up, to the sports field, right, of course, of the chalk line. I told him, no, that is naughty. You, you must not do that. It's bad, very bad, 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 Tutankhamun, bad. Now, everything is in order. Now I'm firm, with resolve. I'm paying attention. I'm not a passenger distracted by frolicking squirrels. And so we reach the spot, the key place. I am ready. I have my right leg on. I have a slight bend in his neck, turning his head and eye to the left. Yes, I have this. Yes. Whoosh! Not. Once again, at speed, we flew across the rugby pitch. Pinging! gouging footprints in the sacred manicured grass and we gathered speed heading back in a straight line for the storm ditch well this time well-intentioned advice-giving adults had lined themselves up 
on the side of the storm ditch to observe and give encouragement, support and advice. I'm not sure who actually looked more alarmed, me or them, at the sight of this golden torpedo heading straight at them. Whoosh! Whoosh! We navigated adults and a storm ditch within the blink of an eye. Whoosh! We flew once again past the outdoor school. Whoosh! Whoosh! And around the corner, through the gate, down the drive, onto the concrete. To trot and back to walk. Now what? Now what must I do? I dismounted. I looked at my pony's smiling face and said, What are you like? What is it with you? My pointy finger had lost its power. To ask, did he love me right there and then, would surely be a very silly question. But what he did next was a complete surprise. He put his pale, doughy grey muzzle on my chest and started whiffling his nose backwards and forwards. Whiffle, 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 whiffle. Against my jacket, with pricked ears and bright, shiny eyes. Then I looked at him. I said, You are impossible. What am I to do with you? Do you not understand? They will, they will make you into burgers. You'll be lunch if you don't stop these things that you do. But with this gesture, this spontaneous act of whiffling, rubbing his nose back and forth against my chest, how strange. It was something he had never, never done. He was always a very easy, well-mannered pony to be around in his stable, well-mannered and easy to tack up, but never before tactile, sort of touchy-feely. Could it be, could it actually be that he might like me just a little? Then, in the midst of this potential revelation... We found ourselves immersed in a sea of adults, all talking at once. Well, my goodness, someone was saying, that has got to stop. That's no good. Someone else, that's just downright naughty. They all conversed and discussed to each other, at each other, and over each other. That's just dangerous. That's an accident waiting to happen. That's the food. That's the spring grass. That's the flaked maize in his feed. That's the sugar beet. On and on and on it went. But I actually wasn't listening because for the first time it occurred to me that my pony might actually like me just a little bit. But yes, so much debate from the adults. And true, there was actually still an issue that needed attention. It required a solution. Some time passed, I think it was only a couple of days, during which I played it safe and I hacked out only in company or stayed in the indoor school in lessons. Yet the problem still needed to be tackled and of course resolved. 
Now, I must also mention at this point that my mother always had with her a huge handbag. It was like a TARDIS. It held all manner of things, if ever one was brave enough to delve inside and find out for fear of disappearing in forever. Said handbag was her constant companion, and it accompanied her wherever she went. On this particular evening at the stables, she opened that huge handbag secured to her right shoulder, and in she delved, her left arm way past her elbow, and then her head halfway in. I was actually a bit concerned that huge handbag might just swallow her up in one gulp, but no. After much rummaging, voila! She whisked her left arm from the depths of the bag. She produced and held aloft a brand new bit. Here, she said, use this. Oh, and don't I know it. Currently a very hot topic. Bits. Dare we go there? Are we brave enough? to delve into the deep depths of that discussion. Let me know. Do you all want to go there? Leave your answer at www.equinedevilsadvocate.com or on Facebook or on Podbean. I look forward to hearing. And so, to conclude this week's Follow-Up Friday, when you ask yourself the question, does my horse love me? That very difficult question. Perhaps you can find an answer, a clarity in those unique moments. Not so much in the everyday interaction, but more in those special, out of the ordinary, little signs and gestures that come to you from your horse when you least expect it actually when you are not looking for it but when you're actually open to the possibility that your horse can and does in fact have a love for you now do please join us on Sunday for the follow up edition of the specialist topic question Um, We did that episode on Wednesday and it was put forward by Day by Day Vlogs. And yes, let's see the results of all your correspondence and your votes. And of course, do join us again on Monday for a further episode of The Curse of Tutankhamun. Until then, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, take care and we will speak soon.